your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 404 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the leagues. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps every day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get your podcasts. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And as for the Rangers, I mean, not really a whole lot happening these last couple days. I guess we'll just have to look pretty hard to find something to talk about and see what we can come up with. Uh, No, it's been absolutely crazy. Uh, Just kind of a whirlwind couple of days here with the draft going on and, of course, the trade that the Rangers made. That, of course, being Pavel Buchnevich being dealt to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for Sammy Blay and a second-round draft pick in 2022. Uh, We also now know that the Rangers stood firm at number 15 in the NHL draft. They did not trade that pick, or I suppose it's technically number 16 because the Coyotes forfeited their pick, even though, you know, the player that the Rangers took, Brandon Hoffman, turned out to be the 15th player taken off the board. There's some gray area there, but I suppose in a literal sense, it is pick number 16, even though once again, Hoffman was the 15th player taken. Uh, We'll get to Hoffman eventually, but to be completely honest with you guys, I don't think that we're really going to talk about him a whole lot in today's episode, simply because I think we owe it to Pavel Buchnevich to kind of just make this the Pavel Buchnevich episode of Locked on New York Rangers. He, of course, heads to the St. Louis Blues. Buchnevich, a player that was getting better and better and better basically by the season, if not by the game. He had a career season this past year, and this is certainly a controversial decision by the Rangers to trade Pavel Buchnevich. It's kind of divided Ranger fans. I think there's a lot of people who maybe understood the need or at least the idea of trading Buchnevich, but that if you were going to do that, maybe you should be getting back a little bit more than Sammy Blay and a second-round draft pick for next season. And I got to be honest with you guys, anybody who feels that way, I'm completely with you. I'm really not feeling this trade at all. I mean, you're giving away your top-line right winger in exchange for a fourth-line left winger. And by the way, the Rangers are absolutely loaded at left wing. That's something we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, but you've got Kreider, you've got Panarin, you've got Lafreniere. And by the way, we just talked about Brian Offman a minute ago. Guess what position he plays? Yeah, left wing. So I don't know. I mean, they're absolutely loaded at left wing. I don't know how you get these guys into the lineup. I mean, I know that certain guys can change size of the ice. You know, we've, we've seen Chris Kreider play the right wing. We've seen Alexi Lafreniere play the right wing, but... I don't know. It just seems like there's a complete logjam and just a surplus of talent at that position. And I realize the Rangers, they're also getting a second round pick in this deal, you know, sending Booch Davis to St. Louis. But like we've been talking about on here, I think a lot of us as Ranger fans have been pretty understanding, pretty accepting of the fact that this team needed to go into a full-fledged teardown rebuild as they did a couple seasons ago. And I think for the most part, we've been pretty patient. We haven't been calling for the Rangers to reach for overpriced free agents or, you know, sell young assets, trade away draft picks for, you know, aging veterans. I don't think any of us have been endorsing moves like that. But I also think that this rebuild, and there's always tinkering that goes on with the lineup, but I think that for the most part, the rebuild portion of what the Rangers are doing is mostly over. And I just wasn't, whether it's Buchnevich or anybody else on this team, I wasn't really liking the idea of trading an established solid player 
for draft picks or prospects because I, I just don't really think it's necessary. The Rangers have a ton of young talent, and I just didn't really see the point in trading Buchnevich for, you know, a draft pick. And I know they got Sammy Blay in, in addition to that. But overall, I just don't like the trade. And I should preface this whole thing by saying that I'm not here to kill Chris Drury for this trade because it's one of those deals that even though you don't necessarily agree with it, you can at least appreciate where he's coming from. It makes sense if you dig a little bit deeper. And Drury, he's doing what a lot of Ranger fans have asked him to do or what they've been looking for the Rangers to do over these past few seasons. And that is to get more tough, to get more physical, bring in some gritty players, bring in some sandpaper guys, use whichever you know verbiage you want to use, but you get what I'm talking about here. Make this team a little bit tougher, a little bit more difficult to play against, and he's done that in just about everything that he's that he's done so far as the Ranger GM. Of course, drafting Brandon Offman, he's somebody who is going to mix it up, get under the skin of his opponents a little bit. Barclay Goodrow, we know he's a battle-tested playoff competitor, somebody who's going to come in with the Rangers and play very, very physical, and now also Sammy Blay. This is a guy who throws his weight around a little bit, and we'll get to Sammy Blay in due time. Uh, but again, let me just preface this whole thing by saying I'm not going to kill Drury for this trade, even though it's a trade I don't agree with, because I think if you look at the first two deals that Drury has made over the past week or however long it's been, I don't know, everything's just kind of blending together at this point because there's so much going on. Uh, but, you know, Drury, he acquires Barclay Goodrow in exchange for a seventh rounder. They got Goodrow signed for what I think is a fair amount of money, about $3.6 million per season. And Drury also sent Brett Howden to Vegas in exchange for a fourth round pick. That is better than I thought the Rangers would be able to get for Brett Howden. So if I'm going to put a letter grade on both of those first two deals that Drury made, once again, bringing Goodrow for a seventh rounder and getting a fourth rounder for Howden, I think both of those trades are probably in the A- minus to A range, you know, somewhere in there. I think there's a lot more like about both those deals than there is to dislike about either one of them. Uh, but this Buchnevich trade, you know, if, again, if I was going to put a letter grade on it, probably a C, C-. minus. Um, my initial thoughts when the deal went through last night, because it's Saturday morning as I'm recording this, my initial thoughts were that I did not like the trade. And now that I've been able to sleep on it, I still don't like it. But like I've been talking about, like I've been alluding to here, I can understand it a little bit more than I did uh, when it initially went through. Because there have been some moves around the NHL over these last couple of days, not by the Rangers, but by other teams that just defy all logic and just leave you scratching your head. Uh, basically, everything the Flyers have done makes very little sense, although it now looks like they might be trading for Cam Atkinson, which I think would be a good trade. But then again, you look at it from the Blue Jackets side, and they're going to give away Cam Atkinson for Jacob Voracek. That doesn't really make any sense at all to me. And then, of course, the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, they trade their franchise goalie, Nijelkovic for another goalie and a second-round pick. And Nijelkovic 100% had the look of a franchise goalie. So I really don't get uh, a lot of the moves that have been made around the NHL. With the Buchnevich trade, once again, you can at least understand it, even if you don't necessarily agree with it. Now, as far as why this happened, you know, there have been rumors about Buchnevich. Really really going back even into last season, maybe even he could be a, a player that we moved at the trade deadline this past season. I think it was at least possible. It obviously never came to fruition, but I think crazier things have happened than Buchnevich maybe getting traded at the deadline. And when you look at this, you know, from the Rangers' point of view, Buchnevich was due for a raise. And I believe the Rangers, what they said was that they were going to have a tough time kind of fitting Pavel Buchnevich into their long-term cap situation. You know, Buchnevich was going to be making a pretty significant amount of money. He was coming off of a two-year, $6.5 million deal with the Rangers. So obviously that's an average annual value of $3.25 million. And given that he just had a career season... I think it's a pretty safe assumption that Buchnevich was going to get a raise. And, and long-term, I think the Rangers just weren't really feeling it. 
And even though the Rangers didn't voice this opinion, I get the feeling, and I'm not saying whether they're right or wrong about this, but I get the feeling the Rangers look at Pavel Buchnevich and they see somebody who has perhaps hit his ceiling, and if he hasn't hit his ceiling, is at least getting pretty close to it. And on top of that, the Rangers have two right wingers in Capo Caco and Vitaly Kravtsov, who each probably, I mean, first of all, they're both cost controlled by the Rangers. They're going to be making far less this upcoming season than Pavel Buchnevich will be. So there's that. And then there's also the fact that I think long-term, the Rangers probably look at Kako for sure, and probably Kravtsov as well. Both those guys probably have higher ceilings than Pavel Buchnevich. And I can't say that I necessarily disagree with that. I would caution the Rangers, though. Listen, Kako and, and Kravtsov, we can talk about potential and upside and all that stuff, long-term ability, whatever you want to call it. We can talk about all that stuff as much as we want. But the cold hard truth is that Neither one of those guys have done it at the NHL level yet. And I realize Capo Caco is only two years into his NHL career. He does seem to be gradually improving and kind of uh, catching up to the speed of the NHL game. Vitaly Kravtsov only played about 20 games with this team next season, so it wouldn't even be fair to really judge him yet. I think he needs another season under his belt. And again, I do think both these guys will turn out to be great players for the New York Rangers. But again, I have to caution the Rangers. They just traded the only right winger on this team who is a proven known commodity, and that's Pavel Buchnevich. You're talking about somebody who's been with this team for five seasons now, was, again, either the second or third longest tenured Ranger on the team. Between It's either him or Mika Zibanejad. They both came in right about the same time for this team. I want to say Buchnevich. Uh, Kreider's obviously the longest tenured Ranger, but you just got rid of that player, somebody who's been here for a long time, and you're kind of rolling the dice. Again, I, I believe in Kako and Krausov, but neither one of them have yet put it all together at the NHL level, and Buchnevich has. And Buchnevich, again... Five years with the team, somebody who's literally gotten better every single season that has gone by, and somebody who's still just 26 years old. So he's got a lot of good hockey left in him. Again, I think the Rangers probably look at it, and when they look at Buchnevich, they think it's somebody who may not get a whole lot better than he is right now, and who might just be a little bit too expensive in the long term. So again, I do at least understand where the Rangers are coming from here, but be careful, because... Once again, Kako and Kravtsov, they are not known proven commodities at the NHL. But we are really just scratching the surface as far as this Pavel Buchnevich trade, and we will continue to kind of break down every angle that we can. We will do that in just a second here. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. I don't want to speak for every Ranger fan, but I think some of the issues that a lot of fans are having, myself included, once again, with this trade, it's not so much that the Rangers traded Buchnevich. I know a lot of us like Buchnevich. He was one of my favorite players, and I don't 
take this lightly. The Rangers moving on from somebody who, again, has gotten better and better and better every single season that has gone by. But I think the biggest issue that a lot of us are having, and it's something that we touched on just a second ago, but we didn't really dive into that great detail. Once again, it's that it didn't bring back something really significant in return. And I'm not dissing Sammy Blay. We're going to talk about him in a little bit as well. And, you know, a second round pick is nothing to sneeze at either. But I think in an ideal world for a lot of us Ranger fans, the Rangers probably would have bundled Buchnevich with, you know, maybe that number 15 overall pick they used last night. And maybe, you know, somebody like Braden Schneider in the minor leagues or maybe even maybe even a Ke'Andre Miller. And I don't say that lightly either because I really, really like Ke'Andre Miller. I think he's got a bright future in this league. But I think in an ideal world, Buchnevich would have been part of a big package that brought you a significant return. You know, somebody who is already an established, bona fide NHL star, preferably at the center. And from my point, point of view, preferably Mark Shifley. I'm just a big fan of his game. I think he's exactly what the Rangers could need right now. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of people who really like Jack Eichel. I've been kind of lukewarm to that idea of bringing in Eichel, given all the reasons we've already talked about many, many times on this show. But yeah, I think that's the big thing. We weren't looking at Buchnevich as a trade ship to bring back a draft pick and a fourth-line player. I think that's probably the best way that I can explain this. And I don't want to speak for all Ranger fans, but I can tell, you know, being on social media and everything, there's a lot of people who are sort of feeling the same way that I'm feeling about that. With all that said, I would like to talk a little bit about how this trade could potentially alter the Rangers' approach to free agency. And now that this trade has been made... And the Rangers have given away a player who is pretty popular. I mean, he could be a little bit polarizing among Ranger fans. And, you know, we've talked about how Buchnevich has struggled with consistency throughout his five seasons with the Rangers, although he seemed to rectify that issue over this past season here. It seems like this is the year where he kind of finally put it all together and he wouldn't disappear for a couple games at a time as he had done in the past. You know, for a while there, for a couple of seasons, it seemed like uh, he could get himself into David Quinn's doghouse at times because there were times where it just looked like he wasn't as engaged as he was in other games. But over this past season, I thought he really kind of lost that negative aspect of his game. I mean, he went through his ups and downs like every player in the NHL does, but for the most part, I thought Buchnevich was a pretty steady force for the Rangers night in and night out. And so now that you've given up a player like that, a guy who seems to have corrected his flaws and once again has improved every single season that he's been within your, your organization half a decade now, now that they've done that, the Rangers, the way to kind of make good on this for people like me and, and some of you, I'm sure, who are a little bit upset that the Rangers traded Buchnevich for kind of an underwhelming return, the way that they make good is that they now go out and they be aggressive in free agency and they go out and they get some people because the Rangers... Obviously, now they're not going to be giving a new contract to Pavel Buchnevich. And as we talked about in the intro, Buchnevich just wrapped up a two-year, $6.5 million deal with the New York Rangers. That's an average annual value of $3.25 million. And you got to figure that number is about to go up, but it's the Blues who are going to be paying him and not us. And isn't the whole reason, or at least a big reason, why the Rangers traded Buchnevich to kind of free up some money and do some other things? If that is the case, and I can only assume that it is, then let's go out and let's get some people. Last season, I 100% understood and actually defended the Rangers, their decision not to be really all that active in last season's free agency class. For starters, I just didn't think it was the greatest group of players. I don't think it's the greatest free agent class that we've ever seen last year, and it's no disrespect to any of those players. That's just how I felt. I think that a lot of years, there's going to be better players available via free agency than there were last season. And secondly... I didn't think that the Rangers were one or two free agent pickups away from becoming a true bona fide Stanley Cup contender and ultimately a Stanley Cup champion last season. I just didn't think that was the case. You look at where they are as a franchise. I, I didn't think it really made any sense to kind of overextend yourself and really reach for some players and give 
certain players more years and more dollars than they probably deserve and contracts that you're probably going to end up regretting in the long run. So I completely understood the Rangers' decision to kind of be quiet in free agency last year. I mean, really, again, the only free agents that I can remember them bringing in were Jack Johnson, one-year deal, didn't work out, he'll be on his way this season, and also Kevin Rooney. And hey, that was actually a pretty nice pickup. Rooney, I think, kind of exceeded expectations this last season and uh, will probably be back and anchoring the fourth line as he did this past season. But now, this season, you freed up some money by not hanging on to Buchnevich, and you had a lot of cap space to begin with. I believe $25 million was the projected number. So what are you going to do with it? Because now, free agency is coming up, and there's some really great players out there. And I have to start wondering if the Rangers might be considering making a play for Dougie Hamilton. I mean, to me, it's not necessary because, as we've talked about on here, the Rangers have a lot of really strong two-way defensemen, a lot of up-and-coming two-way defensemen. Adam Fox just won the Norris. You've got Jacob Truba who can chip in offensively. K. Andre Miller is going to probably add some more offense to his game this season. Nils Lundqvist is a great two-way defenseman. So I don't know that you need to go out there and really break the bank for Dougie Hamilton, but by that same token, he's a heck of a player, and the Rangers did just free up a lot of money. So maybe Dougie Hamilton is a little bit more in play for the Rangers than we initially thought that he was. Maybe Philip Deneau, he's somebody that I've also been pretty high on to me, after the season ended, he was like the guy that I wanted to see the Rangers pursue in free agency. I just really like his game, uh, defense first forward, somebody who can win faceoffs, and somebody who just brings a little bit of what the Rangers lack. Again, a defense first forward who can also chip in a little bit offensively. I will say, now that the Rangers have brought in Barclay Goodrow and also Sammy Blay, who we will get to here, now that they've brought in both of those players, I do feel like Philip Deneau might be a little bit redundant, but I still wouldn't rule it out. And again, the Rangers still have the same issue that they had before all this craziness over this past week, that being that center still seems kind of thin. And more importantly than that, more noticeably than that, the fact that the long-term Rangers center situation seems very, very uncertain. Because yes, Goodrow is here now, that's great. But Mika Zibanejad and Ryan Strom are both still unrestricted free agents after this upcoming season. So, I mean, who is centering this team at this time next season. And that's especially true when you consider the fact that the Rangers passed on a center with their first round pick last night and they went with another left winger. So I, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I, I don't know what the Rangers are going to do at center. So maybe Philip Deneau is still in play. Uh, maybe you reach out to David Krejci if you're looking for kind of a stopgap center option. I know that Krejci is said to be kind of mulling over his options. I think he might even be considering retirement, but it's worth at least giving him a call once free agency starts. And even if you want to move away from the center position, you know, we talked about Dougie Hamilton a second ago, maybe Alec Martinez. He's somebody that, despite what he did to the Rangers in the cup finals, however many years ago, seven years ago now, I'd still take a look at him as well. So maybe the Rangers are going to be big players in free agency. Maybe part of the reason why they didn't bring back Pavel Buchnevich is because they want to have a lot of money at their disposal. They want to be able to go out and get guys, and they want to be able to outbid other teams who are going to be interested in the services of a Dougie Hamilton, of a Philip Deneau, of an Alec Martinez, maybe even a David Krejci, and probably some other names that we're not even talking about right now. Uh, we'll save that discussion for another day because there are so many things that I know that we're not going to be able to get to today. But for right now, all I'll say about Pavel Buchnevich, I just want to thank Pavel Buchnevich uh, for everything he's done for this New York Ranger team. He's gone through some tough times with this Ranger team. He's gone through David Quinn's benchings, and he's fought through some inconsistency, and he's really, really worked hard to become the player that he is today. And I'm always a fan of any player who consistently year to year to year just gets better and better and better. And that was absolutely the case with Pavel Buchnevich. He, this past season, became a valuable piece of the penalty kill unit. And 
I think a lot of us, when we were hearing some of the names that the Rangers were throwing out there on the penalty kill, we were kind of scratching our head at a few of them, and probably most notably Butch Davids, but he did a heck of a job, really helped that penalty kill be, I believe, seventh overall in the league, and even created some offense while his team was shorthanded. So he was great there, and on top of that, just a class act, you know, something that was Hard not to notice with Pavel Buchnevich. I noticed it whenever he was one of the three stars of the game, and it was obviously a game in Madison Square Garden. He would always, and I mean always, give his stick to a kid in the audience, and I just thought that was really cool. I mean, that's not something that players necessarily have to do, and hey, some superstitious players won't want to give that stick away because if you're hot and you're scoring a lot of goals, I think the last thing you want to do is go into the next game with a fresh stick. But be that as it may, he, after every single game, would give his stick to a player. So that was cool. Uh, I personally will never forget him cross-checking Brad Marchand in the back. If you guys remember, not this past season, but the season before, there was an incident in front of the Ranger net. There was a play stoppage, and Brad Marchand took it upon himself to basically just viciously cross-check Ryan Lindgren in the back and knocked him to the ice, and Buchnevich was there, and Buchnevich, I swear, twice as hard as Marchand hit Lindgren, Buchnevich hit Marchand with a cross-check in the back and knocked him down to the ice. I think everybody who's not a Bruins fan probably just absolutely loved that moment, and that was cool because, you know, Buchnevich is one of those guys that I think at times maybe... You know, certain Ranger fans would kind of voice their opinion that he needs to play with a little bit more edge, a little bit more toughness, but he stuck his nose in there. He was right in the middle of all that and stood up for his teammates, so that was really cool to see as well. And again, we will discuss the Buchnevich trade in greater detail in episodes to come. The long and short of it for me right now, as I've kind of made clear over the past 20 minutes or however long it's been here, is that I do not like this trade. I at least do understand it. It's not the kind of trade that makes me, uh, you know, questioning the future of this organization or I'm going to start throwing things all over my living room. It's, it's not quite at that level. And part of the reason for that is that after doing a little bit of digging, I am more intrigued by Sammy Blay than I thought that I was going to be. And we are going to talk about Blay in just a second here. I realize that, you know, a lot of people are still upset about the Butch Davids trade. And again, despite liking Sammy Blay more than I thought I was going to, I would not have done this trade if I was Chris Drury, but be that as it may, uh, I think we still owe it to kind of assess this trade in its entirety, and we will, of course, talk about Sammy Blay in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so Sammy Blay, let's go ahead and talk about him a little bit. He is the newest member of the New York Rangers, a 25-year-old left winger, obviously from the St. Louis Blues. He predominantly plays left wing, can also play a little bit of right wing. And as I was talking about just a second ago, I do like Sammy Blay a little bit more than I thought I was going to when this trade was initially announced. I still would not have pulled the trigger on this move as Chris Jury did, but after digging a little deeper, you know, Blay is kind of interesting to me. And 
you know, obviously I had heard of him. I, I knew that he was on the St. Louis Blues. I knew that he was kind of in a bottom six role there, but I couldn't have really told you a whole lot else about him. But just to kind of take it from the top here, as we all kind of familiarize ourselves with Sammy Blay and who he is as a player and what he brings to the table and all that good stuff, let's start right from the beginning. Blay was drafted by the St. Louis Blues back in 2014, going in the sixth round at number 176 overall. So Kind of like Barclay Goodrow, he's got a couple of similarities with Goodrow. But for right now, uh, one thing that we can kind of hone in on is that this is somebody who is a career overachiever. Goodrow was undrafted. Blay, like we just said, sixth round number 176 overall. There's plenty of guys drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round that never even sniffed the NHL. And anybody who makes it, if you're drafted that late, you're going to have to scratch and claw and fight your way to get into the NHL and then scratch and claw and fight your way even harder to stay there. And Blay, it seems like, has done that. He has played... 119 career games in the NHL over four seasons with the St. Louis Blues, scoring 17 goals and dishing out 18 assists in that time. So that's 35 points in 119 career games. So offense isn't really his calling card, but it is nice to know that he can chip in offensively a little bit every now and then. And this past season was actually his best, at least from an offensive standpoint. He scored a career-high eight goals and tied his career-high with seven assists, so 15 points in 36 games this past season. So approaching a half-point-per-game status, which again is not really that bad when you're talking about somebody who plays basically exclusively in a bottom six role and mostly on the fourth line. So not bad at all. And the Rangers do seem to think that there's a little bit of offensive upside when it comes to Sammy Blay, which is probably one of the reasons that they were interested in him. But with Sammy Blay, the biggest thing that he brings to the table is definitely the size and the physicality. Six foot two, 205 pounds. And I purposely saved this stat because as we talked about 119 career games in that time, he has dished out 366 assists. So basically three hits per game. This dude's out there to play physical hockey. He's out there to throw his weight around a little bit. Something else that I really like about Sammy Blay, and we could debate how important this is. You guys might agree with me. You might disagree with me, but we are adding another Stanley Cup champion to this roster. He won the Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues back in 2019. He played in 15 of the Blues Stanley Cup playoff games that season, and I mentioned how I'd like to see the Rangers add at least one Stanley Cup champion to the roster for this upcoming season because you know, coming into this offseason and, and really just any of the past couple of seasons overall, you look up and down the Ranger roster and there aren't really that many players who have a ton of playoff experience and they have no one who would ever want a Stanley Cup. And I think I could be wrong about this because it's just, just off the top of my head here, but I think the last New York Ranger to be on this roster who had a Stanley Cup under his belt might have been Marty St. Louis. And I, I know Brad Richards was on the team at that time as well. I, I think St. Louis was here for one extra season than Richards was. But regardless, uh, you get the idea. It's been a long time, unless I'm forgetting somebody, which which is possible. Because again, this is just right off the top of my head here. But I do like the idea, once again, of having now not just one player in Barclay Goodrow, who is a Stanley Cup champion, but now we've also got Sammy Blay, who went on the run with the St. Louis Blues just a couple seasons ago and uh, won the Stanley Cup with them. Everything else being equal, I think that's definitely a good thing to have. Guys who are battle-tested in the Stanley Cup playoffs and who have uh, actually lifted a Stanley Cup over their head. Uh, as far as Blaze's role on this Ranger team, I mean, to me, I don't think anything's really going to change from the role he was playing with the St. Louis Blues. To me, he's got fourth liner written all over him for the physicality and the size and the fact that he's not really a scorer. I mean, he can put the puck in the net on occasion. And again, it does sound like the Rangers believe that 
there is a little bit of upside there as far as his offensive potential going forward. He is just 25 years old, so maybe he adds a little bit more offense to his game in due time. But for the most part, you're getting somebody who's going to go out there, he's going to fight, he's going to bang around the boards a little bit, he's going to stand up for his teammates. It sounds like Sammy Blay is that guy. And again, just 25 years old, so that's nice as well. Seems like his best days of hockey could still be in front of him and somebody who is going to, I think, do a really nice job anchoring that fourth line. But it's easy to root for some of these underdog players, you know, these guys who kind of beat the odds to become NHL regulars. We mentioned that he spent four seasons with the Blues, and in his first two seasons in St. Louis, he actually played more AHL games than NHL games. And it wasn't until these past two seasons where the AHL seemingly became a part of Blaze Pass, and he really became a firmly entrenched NHL regular. So again, you know, somebody who beat the odds to kind of stick in the NHL, and somebody who I I think is going to be a lot of fun to root for as a New York Ranger. Again, I would not have made this move. If it were up to me, if I was sitting in the Ranger GM chair, if I was Chris Jury, I don't think this is quite enough for Pavel Buchnevich. But one last thing that I ask from all Ranger fans here, if you liked Pavel Buchnevich and you're not really feeling this trade, you feel like the Rangers should have been able to get more in exchange for Pavel Buchnevich, or maybe that the Rangers shouldn't have traded Pavel Buchnevich at all, and they should have locked him up long-term. You might think that Pavel Buchnevich is just coming into his own and that his best seasons are ahead of him. Uh, there's certainly a case to be made for that. The only thing I ask is just don't take it out on Sammy Blay. He didn't do anything wrong here. This is a trade that was obviously struck between the Rangers and the Blues. He's coming to New York, and I think he's somebody that can help this team. Would I have done this trade? No, I would not have. I can at least understand this trade. It's not the kind of trade that's going to make me come on here and start throwing things and just be absolutely livid. Overall, I do not like the trade. Again, I put it at like a C or C minus kind of a grade, but Sammy Blay can do some things to help the New York Rangers. And we've all talked about how, or most of us at least, have talked about how we want to see this team get a little bit tougher, get a little bit stronger, get a little bit nastier, become a little bit more difficult to play against. And for better or worse, that seems like it's Chris Jury's number one goal throughout this offseason. When you looked at everything that he's done so far between the trade for Barkley Goudreau, this trade for Sammy Blay, or the fact that they took Brennan Othman in the first round when maybe it might have made more sense to take a center who was available. And obviously, that's something we're going to dive into in greater detail in the episodes to come as well. We'll get into Brennan Othman and as well as everybody else that the New York Rangers take in this year's draft. Uh, this show is absolutely bursting at the seams right now. You guys thought the Ranger regular season was crazy. It has really kind of hit the fan in these last couple of days here. But there's a ton to do. Do not miss an episode of Locked on New York Rangers, especially over this next week or so, because like I said, there's more to talk about that we can possibly cover in one episode. We got to talk about Othman. We got to talk about the rest of the New York Ranger draft picks. I'm going to get into, eventually we'll do an episode where we talk about the biggest winners and losers from the Pavel Buchnevich deal, the trade that sent him to St. Louis. We'll also talk about Tony D'Angelo being bought out. He's now an unrestricted free agent. There's not really a whole lot to say there. I mean, we've talked about D'Angelo quite a bit, and this has been such a done deal for so long that I don't know that there's really that much else to talk about, but we'll at least mention it and get into uh, some details, and who knows, maybe by uh, the time we talk about D'Angelo, he's lining up to sign with another team, unrestricted free agency begins on July 28th, so that's only four days from now. We'll also talk a little bit about Barclay Goodrow's contract, and we will also discuss the Rangers schedule. That dropped the other day. The Rangers will start their regular season with a road game against the Washington Capitals on October 13th. I do not think that's an accident that the Rangers are opening up against the Capitals when you consider all the shenanigans that happened last season. The fact that it is I mean, it was a great rivalry even before all that stuff happened. But again, I don't think it's an accident that the NHL set up the Rangers and Capitals to play each other on opening night for this upcoming season. And then the very next night on October 14th, the Rangers will have their home opener. They will play host to the Dallas Stars. And we will get into the 
nuances of the schedule once again in a future episode. You guys are plenty capable of looking up the Rangers schedule, however. I'm sure a lot of you already have done that, uh, but we'll talk about it a little bit, and I'll at least share some casual thoughts about the Rangers schedule. I'm also planning on reaching out to the guys from Locked on Blues as well. They do a great job with their show, and I'm sure uh, we can discuss this Buchnevich for Blay trade in greater detail. And then at some point, we'll also have part two with Adam Denker from Locked on Tampa Bay Lightning talking about both teams' plans going into the free agency period. So yeah, as you guys can tell, there is a lot. Do not miss an episode. Make sure you come back and check out every episode of the Locked on New York Rangers this week, your team every day. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.